Amen. Thank you, Matt. So appreciate all that uh, this family and this church has done so faithfully over the years. And since this is our last night to thank God for his provision and his, his faith in our lives, can we just give God one more hand tonight and thank him? Thank you, Father. Amen. Come on, you can do better than that. Come on. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Well, it's an honor to share the word with you tonight. And uh, if I start squealing, just tell me what I need to do. It really is an honor to uh, share the word with you. Um, you know, the word of God, it's, it's powerful. It's significant. It's transforming. And, uh, and we need it every day of our lives. Amen. 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 Guys, I'm going to need some help tonight because it's the last night. And we got to bring this thing in, all right? Okay. So, you know, we are going to take some time tonight, and I'm going to look at something in all of our lives that's very, very important. I titled this message, Turning the Page, or Turn the Page to God's Best for Your Life, because it matters. God's telling a story with your life. Before I get into this, you know, part of this whole idea of sharing the Word of God and preaching the Word of God, it really, really matters. It matters. It matters. And when you preach the word of God, something happens in our lives, things are transformed, things are changed, and even if the world doesn't believe in it, it matters and it's true. Amen? It's kind of like the little girl, she was uh, writing a paper in school about Jonah, and, and she explained how Jonah was swallowed by a whale, and the teacher said, listen, sweetheart, that, that's not true. You, you, you need to know that uh, whales have small throats, and it's impossible for, uh, for, for a whale to swallow a human. Plus, humans can't live in the belly of a whale. It's just not possible. And the little girl said, well, that's okay. She says, when I get to heaven, I'll ask Jonah myself. And the teacher said, well, what if Jonah didn't go to heaven? And the little girl said, well, then you ask him. If you didn't get that, just hang on. You'll get it. <clears throat> the reason why I gave this title for this message tonight is um, it's because if you were to look back on your life, if you were to look back on the journey you've walked through, I think it would be fair to say that all of us in this room ended up in a place we, ever, we, we never really actually thought we'd end up in. Anyone else feel that way sometimes? Some of it might be bad, some of it might be good, but the reality is we realize that, that, that God is telling a story with our lives. If you're breathing tonight, God is still telling a story with your life. But life, many times, it's, it reads like a book. You have different plot twists. You have different, different things that you, you never saw this coming. You never saw God doing something amazing. You never saw a miracle. You never saw the pain. You never saw... The, the dangers, you never saw the disappointment, you never saw the loss. But the reality is God is writing a story with our lives. And part of every story is what is called the next chapter. Say the next chapter with me. And I was looking at the missionaries over this, this week and, I, and I, just, I, I was thinking about, man, I wonder what their story is. Man, I wonder what God's doing with them. And then I had this thought, I wonder what God's next chapter is for them. I wonder what God's doing in their lives. I wonder if God's leading them through a transition. Everybody say transition. Because transitions in our story happen all the time. Plot twists happen all the time. It's actually what keeps the story fascinating, keeps it, keeps it interesting. 
But in, in all of our lives, there are transitions. In your, in your personal life, I'm sure there have been transitions that you had to navigate. In your ministry, I know there's been transitions. In your business or whatever that may be, I know there's, there's, there, in your marriage, there have been times you've had to navigate and transition some things. In our walk with God, there are transitions. We move from one place to one thing to another, and we navigate those transitions. And the transitions and changes are not always easy. Matter of fact, most times transitions are very painful. It's how God has, has he writes the story. And we think, man, well, I love this chapter. This is such a good chapter in my life. It's just me and Jesus and his provision. And then all of a sudden we come to something and, and we think, wait a minute, the end of the chapter is coming to an end. And, and there's, there's, there, there's another chapter of head, but we don't know what it is. And we come to this place of transition and we live in seasons of life. And if we don't realize we live in seasons in life, what will happen is, is, is we'll get surprised by seasons of life. I'd be willing to bet none of us are surprised when summer comes. We're not like, oh my gosh, where'd summer come from? Or then, or the fall, like, oh, sweetheart, look, the leaves are falling. I, I didn't know the leaves. And why? Because it happens all the time. Seasons are a part of life. Seasons are a part of, of you and I. And uh, the worst thing that you can do is to live like it's summer when it's really winter. The worst thing you can do is that a season has changed for you. The chapter has changed. The, the page has turned. And you're, you're wearing your flip-flop and shorts and it's 20 degrees outside. Cheryl and I, we love summer. We, we love the beach. We love to wear summer clothes. We, it's just we like the summer. It's just, it's, just, it's, it's who we are. And, and, and if we decided we're going to resist this change, by golly, you know what? Summer's ending. I'm going to hang on with my clothes because I don't like the next season. I'm going to wear it, and I can pitch a fit. I can throw a fit. I don't like the fall. I don't like it. I don't like it. I, don't like it. I don't like the fall. I'm going to wear my flip-flops. Guess what? The season's going to win. You're not. It's still changing. It's the same way in our journey with God. When God decides it's time for a change, guess what? It's changing, but are you ready? And are you ready? I'm going to be sharing from Joshua chapter 1. Funny enough, I'm going to be sharing from Joshua chapter 1 verses 1 through 9, which was Sam's whole message today. From the same passage, I want to look, about, I want to look at how do we turn the page to God's best for our lives, because our ability to make the shift in the transition is what determines as we, if we will possess God's best for our lives. It's, it's our ability to make the shift in the turn. And God, my friend, God has, God has territory for all of us to claim. He has a future for you to possess. There's, there's something there in the next season of your life. It's yours. The next chapter has your name written all over it, and God is inviting you to it, but he's inviting us to do something to get the, the page, the turn for you. And the territory is yours. We're to take a hold of it, but there are principles of possessing God's best for your life. They're going to be challenging tonight. I'm going to be talking about some things that, that all of us are going to have to deal with. We're going to have to work in our own lives. But transition, no matter how you, you do it, how, no matter how you walk in it, it's always difficult. It, we, we always hear this saying, you know, hey, listen, when God closes one door, he opens another. We're like, that's great. That sounds wonderful. But because transitions are difficult, Bishop 
Joseph Garlington describes transition this way. He says that when God closes one door and opens another, there's always hell in the hallway. It's always painful. There's something there. You, you feel a little uncomfortable. You feel a little out of sorts. You think, but, 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 but I like that room. I was just seeing God because I've been there for a while. And, and now that door's closed. And I, and I know there's something ahead of me. But there is hell going on in the hallway. Anyone ever face hell in the hallway? Anyone, the, the, the hallway brought out all this insecurity in your life you didn't even realize was there? Or the hallway in your life made you, made you figure, God, I don't know what I'm doing, and I knew what I was doing there, but now I don't. What am I going to do? I believe God wants to help us tonight. But it's in these times of transition, of turning the page, that God purifies our hearts. He purifies our identity. He kind of peels away all the things of our life that, uh, that we built our life on. It's in the hallway that God deals with really who we are. Because he's got to prepare us for the next door. And I believe that God wants to encourage us. So I'm going to look at Joshua chapter 1 and see what things we can learn from the children of Israel's journey and their transition and ultimately turning the page and possessing God's promise, God's best for their life. And I believe that God wants all of us tonight in this room to begin to pray, to begin to think even right now before we read this passage, where does God want me to turn the page in my life? What does God want me to do? What is it that I'm holding on to that I know he's asking me to let go of? There's another open door for me and it's just time for me to do something and I'm too afraid or God, I just need your instructions through this time. So before I read Joshua 1, I just want to give a backstory to this. All of us know the story. God had delivered the children of Israel from slavery in Egypt. And God first chose a man called Moses. And we know the story to represent him. He called Moses out of a place of obscurity. He called him uh, uh, from, from a river floating down. And he was found. He was brought into a house. He was raised in the house of Pharaoh. And, he, and God put Moses before Pharaoh, and he uses Moses to do mighty, crazy things. And God sent ten plagues and, and all of it. And finally, God said, I will, or Pharaoh said, I will let Moses, your people, go. And they stepped out, and the next chapter of the Israelites was the promised land. They were stepping from, from this chapter, which is slavery, turning the page into the next chapter of their lives, which was God's promise. Along the 11 short day journey to, to, the, to the promised land. Just, just come on Moses, take the children of Israel, leave Egypt, turn left, you'll be there 11 days. Come on, go get it. We know they took them 40 years. And they wandered and they were murmuring. They were, they were as in the transition, they were complaining. They were questioning God. They made their own idols. They thought, you know what, wasn't it better back in Egypt? Wasn't it better back in that other room that we came from? God is far off. He's abandoned us. What are we supposed to do? And that last chapter we were in wasn't that good, and we thought we wanted the next chapter, but, but this turning of the page is difficult for me. And they wanted, they wanted what, what, was, what was, and they weren't embracing what was in front of them. And so God delivered them from Egypt. He developed them. And now what I want to talk about tonight is they claimed their promised land. But something to remember from this passage, everything 
for where God was taking them and everything where God has taken you, the reality is, was already provided for them. It was already waiting for them. It was there. They just had to possess it. And everything God is ever going to give you, he's actually already giving you. But for us, it's part of accessing it and getting it. A lot of people want it. We want destiny. We want territory. We want the new chapter. But we don't want to go get it. For the children of Israel, it was already theirs. It was there. It was their promise. God's promised a lot of you a lot of things. If God promised it, it's already there. It's for you. It's waiting for you. The journey is, are we willing to turn the page? Are we willing to turn the page for God's best in our lives? For the children of Israel, think about it. They were going to drink from wells they didn't dig. They were going to live in houses they didn't build. They were going to, they were going to eat grapes and vineyard they didn't put. They were going to drink wine. They didn't have to stomp with their own two feet. It doesn't say that, but that's why I think that's, that's what was going on. I mean, it was, it was everything in front of them was beautiful, was wonderful. Israel had an inheritance. Before I get into this, you need to know this. You have an inheritance. Israel had a promise from God. You need to know this. You have a promise from God. God had amazing plans for Israel, and this is what I know. God has amazing plans for you. It was all there. It was waiting for them. But the question is this. Are we going to turn the page to what's next? So let's read from Joshua chapter 1. We're going to read what we can learn from this transition, turning of the page. God's given guidance and operating and how to operate in dominion and destiny and territory. He's telling them what it is. And this is how it reads. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses is aid. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them. To the Israelites, I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous. Because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that, it may be, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep the book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. I just want to share with you four principles that will help us. I pray will help us turn the page and possess our destiny, navigate transition, hopefully help us determine maybe we're in a place we need to make a change in our lives so that we can access all that God has for us. The first point I'm going to share with you comes from Joshua chapter 1, verse 2. He says this, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise and cross the Jordan. I think this. I think God was telling Joshua, Joshua, if you're going to, if you're going to access what I have for you, 
these new people that you're leading, this, this new way of life that you're going to be stepping into of leadership, this is what's very, very important. I need you to understand this. If you're going to get to your destiny, the number one, you're going to need to let go of yesterday. You're going to need to let go of yesterday. In other words, I believe what God was saying this, Joshua, listen, you've been walking with Moses. You've been seeing all of this. But what got you here to this point is not going to get you there to your promise. What brought you here, the, the processes, the, the life, the, everything that's brought you here, Joshua, it's not going to get you there. And God was telling Joshua, sorry, God was not telling Joshua, you need to forget about Moses. Just forget about Moses. Matter of fact, if you look at this, God was showing honor to Moses. He said, my servant, Moses. God was showing an endearment towards Moses, but, but my servant, my servant, I love Moses. God loved Moses. He trusted Moses. So Joshua, listen, don't knock Moses. Don't forget Moses. Honor Moses. But Joshua, you need to hear me. You need to hear me, Joshua. Moses is gone. The statement's always also showing that God's perspective, he's he's about about generations, that that God transfers generations, that he he works in one generation, and then then at some moment he transfers to another generation. And in other words, we all need each other in the generations. We need, the, we need the wisdom of those who have walked the road that, that some of us young guys haven't, haven't walked. But you, 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 uh, you, how do you say this? You more mature people need the zeal of us younger ones. We need each other. Amen? Turn and tell someone that I need you. Just tell them. What I know is this, that God's the God of generations. No one... This is, I know this, this may be a shocker. No one generation owns God. No one generation owns the corner of the presence of God. No one generation, you know what? I tell you what, in 1993, that worship was the best. Or 2018, you know what? We, we, listen, we know what we're doing now. They didn't know it before. There's no generation that owns the wisdom of God, the creativity of God. God is the God of generations. That's why God introduces himself many times as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God was setting some things in order for this new young leader, Joshua. But he was also saying, my plan is not about a person Joshua, Moses is gone. It wasn't all about Moses. And guess what, Joshua? It's not going to be all about you either. This is about my purpose for my people. The ministries or the the life that we're living, this is not about us building our kingdom, which was the, 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 the common theme. I hope you caught it this week. This is about us building our kingdom. This is about us building his kingdom. Amen? This was not about the person Moses being gone, though. This was about a season or the chapter that the children of Israel were leaving and they were turning the page to a new chapter in their life. God was taking them into a new season. And I can imagine, as I was reading this, I, I just took over a church a couple years ago and, and stepped into a lot of responsibility that I, I you just, frankly just have to grow into. But I can imagine this, this Joshua, this leader taking over from, I mean, the legend, Moses, you know. Everybody says, well, hey, remember when Moses did this? Remember when Moses, Joshua sat around e- eating dinner just talking about how cool Moses was and how, how much leadership he had, how much wisdom he had. And then all of a sudden, one day, people are, have turned from Moses. They're like, Joshua, what do we do? 
What do we do, Joshua? And he's like, I wish Moses was here. I think about God speaking to Joshua. He, he's, probably, he's probably freaking out. Naturally, as, as I, I wonder this. I often wonder when I read this passage, as, as things were coming up, as, as he had to make decisions, I wonder if he thought, I wonder what Moses would do. I wonder what Moses would say. But God was being very, very particular with Joshua. He wanted Joshua to be anchored to him, not to Moses. And God doesn't let Joshua go to his tomorrow until he lets go of yesterday. So many people are tied, so many people, they are, they are chained, they are tied to yesterday. They're controlled by yesterday. And yesterday can destroy you, whether it's good, whether it's bad, or whether it's ugly. It can destroy you. The good things of yesterday are, are our successes. It's, it's, it's the, it, Moses is, or God is telling Joshua, listen, you need to let go of the good. I, you know, I know some people that they've never really recovered from successes from years ago. It was too humbling to start over. It was, it, it was, it was too humbling to, to do something else that wasn't as grand as what they did 10 years ago. The success of ministry, it was, it was wonderful. And I mean, we, we got to fly around and do all kinds of stuff and do go here and go there, and that's ended. And, and surely God doesn't want me to do anything that would be less, in my mind, than that. That the good of yesterday has, has stained us. It's, it's tainted us. But God was, was moving the children of Israel into the future. He was moving Joshua into the future. So God was moving them to new territory. And for some of them, the, so, listen, the good things happened with Moses. I, I, it was amazing. I know great things happened with Moses. And I'm sure some of the people, and it may be pastors you'd understand, some of the people, boy, they, they thought, you know what? You go ahead, John. I'm going to stay here with Moses. You go ahead. I know he's dead, but I'm going to stay here with Moses. And so they probably sat down, and, and I don't know what they would do, and you just sit down with Moses and say, hey, hey, Moses, remember when? They prop him up. There he is. Remember when? Remember? Remember when it was uh, so great? Remember when God did such amazing things? Hey, Moses, don't you wish we could go back to those days of provision? Hey, remember when the Spirit really moved? Hey, remember those days when really loved, people really loved Jesus? Hey, remember those days when people were godly and churches are not godly anymore? Hey, rem hey, Moses, remember that? Hey, remember when people actually dressed up for church? Remember that, Moses? Remember when the preacher just wore ties? Psh, look at Joshua. He's got a V-neck T-shirt and a sports coat. Look at him. Those were the days, Brother David said. Then you pick up Moses. Never mind. Those were the days, remember? Hey, remember... 
And all, so many of us can be guilty of letting the good things that God did, and they're beautiful, and they're wonderful, and they're powerful. It's what made us who we are today. But the reality is this. It's not what's going to make us tomorrow. It's not, it's not going to work. Hey, remember when Smith Wigglesworth used to go around punching people? You want to give that a shot? No, don't do that. It's good, of yesterday. It's good that we remember yesterday. It's good that we praise God for yesterday. We, we said, God, God, you did a miracle yesterday. But here's, here's what yesterday is. Well, God, you did a miracle yesterday. And that shows me this, that you can do a miracle today. You can do something today. But here's the deal. Your yesterday is never to, to hinder or chain you so you can't step into tomorrow. And here's the thing, never ask yesterday what God wants you to do today. Because you hear a word from God, you know, I think maybe we need a shift in our ministry. We need to do something different. You know what? That's God, that's really great. Let me, let me check back and see what you did then. And God's saying, I'm over here. I'm right here. I just told you what I want you to do. That's great. But let, let me go check what worked then. Yesterday is not your God. God is your God, and he's here today leading us fresh and new in his gentleness and his care for us. And it's because he wants us to have an influential life. He's writing a powerful, unique, beautiful story for all of our lives, and he's inviting us into the next chapter. God has new miracles for us today. No matter, no matter what generation you're in, no matter where you're at, God has new miracles for you today. Also, we need to let go of the bad of yesterday. So we let go of the good, which is the successes. We let go of the bad. These are the sins. I want to ask you, I want to ask you today, hey, is anyone here um, screwed up? Don't raise, your, don't raise your hand. Anyone here sinned? Don't raise your hand. Anyone here made mistakes? Anyone here made decisions that you are seeing that as a failure? Regrets, this is what the bad is. It's this statement right here. You know, I, I just wish I hadn't had done that. That's the bad of yesterday. And we, when you look at the people of the Bible, it's so hard to find somebody that didn't mess up. Now, yes, this doesn't give us permission to mess up. It's not about justifying sin because the culture says it's okay or or because here's the reality, there's still consequences for those people in the Bible who made mistakes, and we know that. But these bad things of yesterday can hinder us from our tomorrow. I know we're all broken, I know we all stumble. But the reality is this that God wants us to, to come to grips with what happened yesterday, He wants us to deal with it. He wants us to confess it. He wants us to be real. You know what? This is in my life. You know what? I'm dealing with. You know what? I've, I've, been, I've been carrying this weight for years. It's time for me to do something about it. This is going to hinder me. The bad of yes, my decisions yesterday are going to hinder me from today. But the good news is this. When the, good, when the people of the Bible, when they recognized what was going on in their lives, when they, when they were convicted of their sins, these, these people, they fell on their knees, they repented, they decided to get back under God's authority, and God was able to make a mess and, 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 and turn it into a miracle. God was able to do something that was breaking their lives down and turn it around so that they could be who God had called them to be. be, to be. And I believe most people are one prayer away 
from their miracle. One prayer of repentance to step from yesterday. Listen, I, I get the privilege of working with a lot of people who have a lot of broken things in their past and, and they're weighed down with shame and guilt. And I said, listen, you're one prayer away from living the life that you've always dreamt of living. You're one prayer away. And your messed up yesterday doesn't need to be your messed up today. It doesn't need to be that. This is the beautiful, even the picture of Peter. We, we all remember the story, Luke 22. Jesus is talking and Peter says, listen, Jesus, even if everybody leaves you, I'll never leave you. We know, and he, he pours his heart out and, and uh, Jesus says, just, just so you know, you're going to do it three times. You're going to, you're going to, you're going to, to, to reject you even know me to a little girl by fire. And what I love about it, he did it three times. And then as we move forward at the end of John, Jesus is cooking breakfast on the Sea of Galilee. And Jesus says this. He says, Peter, and remember, Peter's heart's ripped out. He, his yesterday is broken. It's busted. It's disgusted. He is, he's empty. He's full of shame. He's full of guilt. And Jesus is there, and he's, he's cooking fish by the Sea of Galilee. And, and Peter rolls up, and, and Jesus locks eyes with Peter. And he says, hey, Peter, do you love me? And obviously Peter had been carrying this guilt. His yesterday had him in chains, had him, had him grip the, the guilt and the shame. He says, yes, Jesus, you know, I love you. Be my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Jesus, why are you doing this? Yeah, you know. He asked him a third time, Peter, do you love me? Yes, Jesus. What, what was Jesus doing? We know this. Peter rejected Jesus how many, how many times? Jesus asked him, how many times do you love me? What was Jesus? What was he, Jesus was restoring his bad of yesterday. He was, he was removing the yesterday. But the only way that could happen is if Peter came to grips with his yesterday. If Jesus walked him through the pain, walked him through the conviction, and then he repented, and, and Jesus says, listen, I still believe in you, then go, be, go feed my sheep, go take care of my, and, and Peter had to think, man, you still trust me, you still believe in me, and Jesus restored his yesterday. So don't let your mistakes of yesterday keep you from moving into your destiny. All of us do it. You deal with them. You do whatever it takes to get it out of your life and you turn the page so you can access God's best. Also, we need to let go of the ugly things in our life. And this is the reality of humanity. This is where we live. The ugly things are the things that weren't your fault. They happened to you. You had to walk through tragedy. You had to walk through trauma. Maybe you were abused. Maybe you were let go unfairly. I've had to walk a lot of people through some things and I've sat with men in my office who've been weeping because they just found out their, their wife was cheating on them. Just found out that, that she actually hasn't been traveling for business. She's just been right over there. That's two streets over. That wasn't his fault. He didn't do anything to deserve that. This is the ugly things of yesterday. They can hinder us from moving forward. Maybe someone stole some money from you. Maybe you were falsely accused. 
Maybe someone betrayed you. Maybe you were hurt by a church leader, which happens all the time. And you've never recovered from that. A situation altered the course of your life, altered the course of, of what God is doing. Now here's the amazing thing about God is that he can do some beautiful things with very ugly things. And God can use those ugly things that take you to your future. All these things we, we learn, all these things of yesterday, we learn from them, we benefit from them, we trust God in it, but don't let the ugly of yesterday keep you from what God has for you today. Don't let yesterday keep you from the promise. And God was telling Joshua, Joshua, listen, son, you let go of yesterday, and I need you to step into what I have for you. Second thing that we can learn from this, and how do we access all that God has for us? One, very simple, very practical, but how about this number two? Just go get your inheritance. It's there. It's been paid for. God's, God, God has, has already taken care of it. Joshua 1, 3, and 4, he says this, I will give you every place you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert of Lebanon and from the great river Euphrates, all of Hittite country, to the Mediterranean Sea. I love this verse. I, I, I would love God to give me this verse. He says, every place you set your foot, every place you set your foot, listen, that would make me want to start running. That means the quicker I run, the more territory the bottles and these feeds are going to touch. And every time I say, that's mine, that's mine, that's mine, that's mine. And that's what God was telling Joshua. Listen, I want you to move. I want you to go get it. God's already purchased it. He set, he set it aside. He, he, he set it out for you. There it is. You just need to go and get it. And most of the time for all of us, we say this, you know what? I'm just waiting on God. And there's nothing wrong with waiting on God. Unless God doesn't want us to wait on him and he wants us to go get it. I, I don't think waiting on God is the problem most of the time. I, I've really tried to live my life by this, by this little saying, it's really hard to steer a parked car. Sometimes God wants us to get moving. You guys with me tonight? Sometimes God wants us to say, you know what? Yesterday was there. I, I, I got him away. It's time for me to begin to move. And there might be areas in our ministry, it's just time. It's just time we go get it. It's time that we let go of yesterday and we start moving and we start getting what God has for us today. Most of the time when, when God does something significant with someone in the Bible, most of the time is after someone starts moving. They start going. They take a step. Like Moses, Moses gets to the Red Sea, and he's there, and he's standing at the Red Sea, and you know, what, what's, what's going on? God says, well, what, what are you crying to me for? You, you got a staff in your hand. Put it out there. So Moses standing at the Red Sea. That's a lot of water out there, God. God says, what's in your hand? It's a staff. Well, use it. I mean, it wasn't this moment from, from uh, the Ten Commandments. We've seen the movie, right? At Easter every, every year, where all of a sudden the wind kicks up and he goes, Aah! and something like he's got a staff. And the, I, I think Moses was like, well, I... And he comes, opens up, he takes it up. Whoa, check this out. It goes down, up, down, up, down, up, down. But, but Moses had to engage with God. There was this invitation. Come on, come on, Moses. Walk, walk up to the sea. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Put the staff out. 
It's this beautiful partnership of God's wanting us to partner with him and, and move forward. Joshua, before he crossed the Jordan to the promised land, he, he, had, the, he had the priest put their feet on the, in, on the water, on the banks of the Jordan. And so what, I mean, they were there and says, okay, well, there's the water. I, and we're in our lives, there's the water. I, we need to get over this thing. And well, I, I mean, I, let's just get it. Let's just get wet a little bit. And they walked out in the water. And how much further? Yeah, the priest probably thinking, how, how far are we going to go? And they started to go out there. So God began to meet them. And he blocked the Jordan, and people walked into the promised land. Here's, here's the principle of this. Sometimes you need to get a little wet before you're able to walk across dry. Sometimes you're going you're to have to have some skin in the game. And could it be that we haven't stepped into what God has for us next because we haven't started moving yet? Could it be? That may not be for everyone, but could it be for you? Are you waiting on the promised land to come to you? But maybe it's your promised land is waiting for you to go to it. It's waiting for you to move forward. And I don't know what you're believing for in your life. And I've got things in my life I'm believing for, for our church, for me personally. And uh, I, I, God's inviting me to take some risks this year. And I don't know where you're at today, and I, I'd be willing to say a, a room this size with people and, and ministers, you know, I, I'd be willing to say maybe there's people here, you're just believing that God gives you a breakthrough in your marriage. Maybe you've been hiding it really well, and you've been in ministry for so many years, and, and I mean, you, have, you haven't had a civil conversation in, in, in a while. Maybe God is wanting you to do something. Maybe, maybe with your children. You as ministers and people in this room, whether you're part of the congregation or not, there are things that God, God wants your children to know him. He wants breakthrough in their life. He wants your children to, to have access to, to God's goodness. And, and so what is it that God's inviting you to do to do something about your children? Maybe it's time to do something. It's time to do something about your marriage. It's time to do something about your grandchildren. It's time to do something about your spiritual life. It's time to do something about our walk, our walk, us walking with God. Because there are thousands of lives that could be changed and transformed if we would just say, God, I'm going to do something. Breakthrough in your ministry. What has God spoken to you that he wants you to possess and take hold of. What have you set up on the shelf and said, you know what, God, when you, uh, when you do something about that, I'm, I'm ready. Maybe God's inviting you to take that step. I guarantee you this. So whatever it is that God's asking you to do, whatever he's, he's inviting you to do, whatever he is calling you to do, it's going to take faith in, over, in order to possess it. I guarantee it. And many people, you've said this, you, feel, you, you spell faith this way, R-I-S-K. It's time to do something. What is God asking you to take a step forward towards? Just think about it for a moment. Because here's the reality. How do you know you're living by faith? Because we hear that a lot. You know, God, live by faith, live by faith. How do you know you're living by faith? This is what I know. You measure faith by your feet. Not your feelings. 
You measure faith by, by, by what, what are you doing? And you can feel full of faith, and it's true, you can feel full of faith and have no faith. And you can feel like you have no faith, but by your actions, you were full of faith. You might be trembling on the inside, but you just keep walking. You just keep going. God, I'm freaked out, but I'm still going to keep moving forward. I'm still going to lean into you. So the question is, what, God, what do you want me to do? To draw near to what you've already planned for me. How can I, how can I access that? How can I take a step forward? Because I know this. I, you know, more, we, we used to hear this a lot when I was growing up. But this is what I really, I believe Jesus is coming back pretty soon. I, I, think, I think there's, there's some, some type of, you know, there's the world's pulsing. There's the world's getting more evil. And, but the reality is God has something for us to be engaged with what he's doing. Man, I, I want something in my life that wakes me in the morning, that gets me going, that, that keeps me up at night, that moves me ahead to be a part of what God is doing. I'm not the, I'm not the smartest, you know, worm in the, in the box, but here's the deal. I want to trust God to bring me along so that I can do something significant with my life. So what's God inviting you to take a step towards? Number three, third principle, is this. How do we... How do we turn the page to God's best for our life? Fix your eyes on God, not people. Say amen to that. We need to know this, especially as missionaries and people in ministry. We've, we spend so much time looking, what do they think? I hope, I, did, I, I hope, I hope I'm okay. Do you represent yourself? You know, it, it's funny. It, it, at church, Cheryl and I, we're, we get ready to walk in. I said, listen, remember, everybody's watching. Act like you like me. But we're always worried about what people think. Fix your eyes on God, not people. Joshua 1, 5 through 6 says this. No one will be able to stand against you, Joshua, all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous. Here's the deal. Don't think that people will be able to stop your progress if God's with you. You need to know that. People, listen to me, people will never have the final say in your life. Be set free from that idea that i got to please people in order to get to where God wants me to go. We will always have critics, but critics do not hold my destiny. Listen, Billy Graham said this. He said, listen, here's the deal about, uh, about going toe-to-toe with a critic. It's like wrestling with a pig in the mud. And uh, here's the deal. Only one of you is going to enjoy it, and it's not going to be you. <laughs> Please hear me tonight as, as you are thinking about, did, have people noticed me? As, are people, it, it, is my life validated by the approval of man? People cannot stop you from what God has for you. Why? Do you know, do you know why? Because people are not the king. Jesus is the king. Jesus is the king. Yes, but, you know, the culture, and you know, listen, culture is not the king. Jesus is the king. We're not, we're not, we're not victims here. We're victorious. Jesus is the king. Here, just hang on. Politics is not the king. Jesus is the king. He will complete the work he began in you. The greatest piece of advice I got from a, from a woman in her 70s, and I was talking with her, and she, 
She leaned over to me. She said this, Jason, you need to know no man will ever be able to thwart God's plan for your life. How many are grateful for that? No man. So don't focus on people. Focus on the king. The last one, I'll end with this. Fasten yourself to God's word. That's how you're going to turn the page for God's best. Fasten yourself. Joshua 1, 7 and 8 says this, Be careful to obey all the law my Moses, my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left so that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. The way you possess your destiny, the way you step into your new season is to be tied to the book, to be connected to the book. The Word of God has, is full of action and power and life and significant. Our first question when pursuing God's best for our life should be, what does the Bible say about that? What does the Word say about it? How does it speak to me? Show me from your Word, God, what you want me to do. Listen, this thing is alive, and we all know this, but it's a reminder to know if, you're ever, if we're ever going to step into what God has for us, the Word of God has to be the center of our lives. We need to decide, here's the reality, we need to decide to do it God's way on the front end instead of asking Him to clean up our mess on the back end. That's what we need to do. God knows more about giving life and ordering our steps than we ever thought and we ever think that we'll ever know. Here's the reality. He is the one who orders every one of your steps. He's the one that guides you. He's the one that, 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 that oversees your children. He has a destiny for your life. He has a destiny for your ministry. I believe that God has fresh new things in 2019. I think God has something fresh and new for this church here at Destiny Church. I really believe it. I think God has something in, in, in all of us that he's pushing us forward in 2019. But we must stay connected to the word. Allow the word to be supreme in our lives, not our experiences. Listen, my experience does not help me understand the, the word of God. The word of God helps me understand my experiences. Our personality, is not, it's not number one, though the word of God is. The Word of God, it's our compass, it's our true north, it's what keeps us on task, it keeps us moving forward. And the question is this, will it be easy all the time? No way, but will it please the Father? You better believe it. And that's for all of us tonight as we, we're pursuing God, we're, we're leaning into what God has for us. I just, I'll be honest with you, the last two years of my life have probably been the most difficult years of my life. They've been really tough. They've been also the greatest years of my life and the worst years of my life. Anyone ever had a year like that? And as God began to invite me into something that was so much greater than me, he began to deal with things yesterday that was keeping me from stepping into today. He began to deal with, with areas of my life that I just, I, I, I didn't even realize I needed to deal with them. And God was like, what about this? And he puts his finger on it and he begins to, any, any of you ever felt that before? Hey, Jason, remember this. Did we ever deal with that? I'm like, well, since you're asking, probably not. And all it's just invitation from God to bring us to a place where, where he wants us to take a step forward. And my heart for you, and, and it, as it was this week, is that I, I, I want to see you, I want to see all of us taking a step forward.
That's it, just a step forward. Pastor Mike has been leading us to a place to, that, God, what's that mountain? You're just, I, I'm, God, I'm going to ask you to move the mountain or give me understanding of the mountain or go through the mountain. Whatever it may be for you. The reality is this, I know this, that there were things, and, and, and for some of us in this room, the reality is there were things that, of yesterday that God wants us to leave behind. It might be pain, it might be, it might be things that you never wanted to bring up or deal with again, but the reality, God wants to deal with them, and God wants to bring them up, and God wants us to take a step forward. It might be areas of unforgiveness, areas that are hindering us, but God wants to do something in our lives. And I believe he wants to just touch us and begin to lead us tonight. If we could, can we just bow our heads for a moment? And can we have someone just come up on the keys just, just for a second? Thank you, Dave. Father, we know tonight that your word is true and it's real and it's active. And it challenges us. God, we know that there were things in our life that you were inviting us to. God, we know that there are, there are things that are in front of us. There's the next chapter for us. And God, I, I believe that you, you led me to share this word tonight. That God, you're wanting to move someone to a place that you're waiting for them to step into. God, I want to ask you tonight that if there are people here today that have been hindered by yesterday, that you be, be, just begin to speak to them. God, just begin to examine our hearts. God, if successes of yesterday are hindering us, God, we don't want to be hindered. We want to walk fully into your call and your purpose. God, if there are things that, were, that we did, mistakes and failures and sin, God, we want to take a step forward. We want to step into what you have for us. God, I know there are people here today who've been hurt and been hurt deeply by people. God, those are those ugly things that uh, because of life circumstances. God, I just ask you, you'd help us to let it go, to release it, to say, God, you are number one in my life. And I release yesterday and God I pray that we could take a step forward that we could step into getting and accessing what you have for us Father I know there are probably people here who have been hurt so badly but God there are also people who have lived their whole lives worrying about what everybody thinks and is it good enough and do they get enough exposure and they, they, they determine what you're going to do with their lives based on do we get enough support? Do enough people like us? And the reality is, Lord, people, people have no control over our destiny. If you can, let's just stand to our feet tonight just for a moment. I know it's late. 
just going to ask you just this last night, if you could just open your heart to the Holy Spirit. Just begin to allow him to move in your heart. Just, just for a moment, this is just between you and God. I just want to take this moment that you could meet with God. Father, we surrender to you. Father, we give our lives to you. Father, we, we were made and shaped to make a difference. And God, we don't want anything to keep us from fulfilling our full potential. God, we want to step into heaven and, and know that you, well done, good and faithful servant. God, we want to be faithful with the call. We don't want we don't be hindered by, by what we think, by what others think. God, we want to step into all that you have for us. Lord, we want to be able to take steps of faith and, and trust you and, and risk and move things forward. God, we want to see growth in our ministry. God, we want to see growth in what you've called us to do. God, we, we, don't, we don't want to come to a place where, where it, just, it, it just, everything fizzles out. God, we want to be able to continue to move forward with strength. Be, be able to step forward with a sense of, of purpose. To be able to access your promises for us. God, there were things you spoke to us years ago. And Lord, we've, we've lost the anticipation. We've lost the, the fire that's burned in our belly. God, we've lost it and we've allowed some things just to, to, to fizzle that fire out. God, I want to ask you tonight that you would blow on that fire. That you blow with, with whatever it is, that are, the visions you've called us to walk out. God, you gave us that vision for a reason. God, you spoke those things over us for a reason. God, we didn't come to this place where we would just, it would just be, well, I guess this is just what it is. God, you're inviting us to something fresh and new tonight. Lord, we want to walk in the best, the best that you have for us. If you're here and just wherever you're at, just as a, sign of faith or demonstrating before God, if there's, if there's something in your life that you have not seen come to pass and you are believing and asking God to resurrect it or do something ridiculous to, in order to move that forward and you believe it's from God, just raise your hand. Just raise your hand. Just keep your hands raised just for a moment. Father, you see every hand in this room. God, you see our heart's desire. God, you see our humanity. God, you see our doubt. You see our fear. You see our past. You see our inadequacies. And yet, God, you still place this vision in our life that only you can accomplish, that you only you can, can carry out. So, Lord, we surrender today. And we say, God, will you do it? God, will you do it? Will you break through in my life? Will you use me again? Will you release your anointing fresh and new again? God, I don't sense your anointing like I used to. God, will you pour out your spirit on me fresh and new again? God, will you release it into my life fresh and new again? God, I want to thank you today 
for every person in this room. God, I want to thank you for the call of God on their lives. I want to thank you, Lord, that you, you spoke to them many years ago or some that you just spoke to them recently, that you've called them to be your ambassador, God. You've called them to go to places that they never thought they'd be. God, you've been writing this story, but God, there's still more for them. There is more for them. And God, if they've fallen into doubt, if they've fallen into fear, if they've fallen into being tied to yesterday instead of moving forward what you're doing today, God, just release that in the name of Jesus. Just release it in the name of Jesus. If you can, right where you are, lay your hand on the person on the right and left of you today. We're going to just pray a prayer of faith over them. And you know what you're dealing with. You know what's in your heart. And we're just going to release fresh vision. We're going to release fresh faith tonight in Jesus' name. You guys with me? Come on. Can, can we just begin to pray over the person on your right? Just begin to pray over. Just, just proclaim God's faith over them. Fresh and new. Release of fresh vision. Release of stepping into a new land, a new promise. Something, God, you have for them. God, we, we just receive that tonight in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. God, we pray for the person on our right. God, we ask you that you would just release your power and your anointing over them in the name of Jesus. God, I ask you that you would resurrect dreams they thought were dead. That you would resurrect, God, visions that they have put on the shelf because of circumstances, because of life. God, I ask you that you would release fresh understanding of all that you're doing in their lives and through their lives. God, open opportunity, open doors, release it in the name of Jesus. God, that they would access all that you have for them, that they would lay aside the mistakes of the past, lay aside the tragedy of the past, and they would step into what you have for them. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Just continue to minister. Thank you, Father. Now, if we can, let's just focus our hearts on the person on our left. Father, in the name of Jesus, for this person on my left, God, you know what they've been carrying. God, you know the weight that has been deep in their gut. God, you know what the pain that they've had to wrestle through. God, you know that they've been faithful, that they've been, they've, they, they are bruised, they are broken, but they're not out. That God, you're releasing fresh heart, fresh vision for them in Jesus' name. God, they may be tired, but God, right now in the name of Jesus, you're going to begin to heal. You're going to begin to restore. You're going to begin to release. God, you're going to move in a powerful way in Jesus' name over their life. God, this person on our left, God, there are areas of unforgiveness and bitterness. God, I ask you that you would just begin to root it out. You begin to deal with it. God, this isn't about our pride. This is about us accessing all that you have for us. And we can't get there until we deal with these things. God, I'm, we are surrendered to you. So God, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would bless, that you would strengthen, that you would cover with your love and your presence. I'm going to ask you guys just to do something by faith. Can you guys just grab the seat in front of you? 
This might be a little strange. Just grab it. If you don't have one to grab, you can reach behind you. We're going to pray the blessing of God on this church. Amen? You guys with me? Listen, this church succeeds, you succeed. This church matters. This church matters. God has something great for this church. Come on, I'm just going to ask you, you men and women of God, pray God's blessing over this church right now. I want you to call down God's provision, the release of revival, souls coming into this church. Come on, release it in the name of Jesus. God, there's fresh territory for Destiny Church. There's new land for this church, God. There's new hope for this church. God, you're doing so much now. You've done so much then. God, there is, there is, there is a release of favor over this church in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, come on, just pray. Just intercede for this church right now. Intercede for it. Come on, get in there. Get your hands dirty. Let's intercede for this church. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Mm, thank you, Jesus. Lord, we declare your favor over Destiny Church. We declare open heaven over Destiny Church. God, we, we declare Red Seas to be parted for Destiny Church. God, we declare Jordans to be blocked up in the name of Jesus so that for this church, God. I ask you for just fresh, fresh heart, fresh vision. Continue to increase. God, we want to bless Pastor Matt and Heather in Jesus' name. God, we want to ask you that you would strengthen this couple. That God, you would continue to strengthen them, though they are, they are, they are much wiser than their age. Their anointing is strong in their life. God, they are moving forward. God, we want to release your strength and your provision over this couple. God, they are advocates for your mission. They're advocates for your kingdom. And God, we want to bless them in the name of Jesus. Come on, let's say, God bless Matt and Heather. Say it again. God bless Matt and Heather. God, we thank you for this couple. We thank you for their commitment. We thank you that they said yes to your call. We thank you, God, that you're moving in their lives. And we thank you that we are better off because they said yes to you. And we bless you, Matt and Heather. And we bless Destiny Church. In Jesus' name, we all say amen. amen. God bless you guys. Love you.